Good afternoon. The calm Christian here yet again. Trying to remain calm in a world that's not calm. Keep calm and carry on. And if you can't be calm, fake it till you make it. I'm faking it real good like. I want to read something to you from Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What's mammon? I thought mammon was money. Then I thought it was just man. Then I thought maybe it's man's God, like, like another God. Anything else but the true God. Anything else but the true Messiah of Jesus. Or mammon could mean like a a person who is a false prophet. Because that really hit home for me. When my, uh, quote, spouse, unquote, put the children into a Pentecostal church school. And I was walking around that place, talking to people who were my children's teachers and Of course, I knew they went to church on Sunday and talking and even they had like a worship where the parents could attend like, I think it was just once a week, but it was a Tuesday from nine o'clock to 10 where the kids would come in, uh, a pastor would talk to them or they'd sing some songs or something like that. It was part of their school worship, but it was, they were We were, as the parents, were allowed to stay there if we wanted to. It was part of like a corporate student-parent worship where we sat in the back. They had the worship. Somebody came and spoke to them, and then we had to leave. But I began to wonder, okay, I have had enough of this. I want to know why my church goes to church on the Sabbath, which we said was Saturday, or Saturday, which we said was the seventh-day Sabbath, and why... Why the church of my youth and my upbringing has a woman in there that says she's speaking for God too. We called ourselves Christians, but we have this other person speaking for God. I want to get to the bottom of this weirdness once and for all. And I started to study the Bible and read different websites, more reading websites than studying the Bible, because I really didn't know. I had read read the websites before and it's like, this is interesting. I like this. I like the Sunday Christianity, the evangelical Christianity or whatever it was called. They, they seem to have it a lot simpler than us. We've got too much stuff in our church. We have too much. We have too many doctrines. We have too many beliefs. Why are they simpler? Why do they worship on Sunday? And why do they not have somebody else? Why do they have just Jesus? How come just Jesus is not in our church? And the more I studied, the more I realized one day something is wrong with the church that I was born into. And finally, it got to the point where I got frightened. Is God asking me to do something? Maybe I'm in a cult. And one day, my friend, who was a Baptist, he was a very saucy um, uh, Baptist. Uh, You know, he he had the little... um, sarcasm thing going on but we were friends he was cool you know he god put him in my life at such a time as this 
So he comes into my office and I, I looked up and I said, John, I think I was born into a cult. He looks at me with these big eyes and he says, whoa, we better start this day again. Back the blank up. And then he walks back out of the doors and then he comes back in again like like we just rewound the video and he's laughing his loony toony head off and he's coming to my office for a second time as if he's in some kind of a time loop. Of course he's laughing and he's not taking it too seriously and I can't take him too seriously, but I am afraid. I'm in a church that has two different people in there that says they're speaking for God. And that was the beginning of the end of my tenure in that church. That was the beginning of the end where I realized that I was on the wrong side and I needed to leave. And I'm not a person that likes to change. Some people love to change. They love to go on a different vacation. I went on the same vacation for 20 years with my parents and I loved every freaking moment of it. But I came to the realization that I must leave because I'm being called to leave. You cannot serve God and man. And by God, I mean God dash Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a human being. Jesus Christ was born um, in Bethlehem and lived in Nazareth. But in the New Testament, he's one with God. He's God in the flesh. Uh, it's God has a human face and that face is Jesus. That kind of ticks off Judaism, not speaking against the Jews, respect the Jews, pray for the Jews, do not disrespect them and do not hamper them. But they don't like that. They think that Jesus Christ, worshiping Jesus Christ as the son of God, he, first of all, he's not the Messiah and it's idolatry. So I kind of see where they're coming from, but we all killed Jesus Christ. We killed him with our sins and we killed him with our actions. They brought him to Pilate. Pilate was a Gentile. Uh, he's, Pilate signed off on Jesus and we all took him to the cross. It wasn't just them. But I realized I've got to leave the church that I was born into. And it's saying things that are evil and wrong and slander against people who go into a building, go to church on Sunday. What I was born into says it's church, says it's Christian, but it's not, it's a counterfeit. That is my opinion and anybody can say that I have sour grapes or I don't agree. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with difference of opinion. I'm all about different hermeneutics. I'm all for that. I'm all for any hermeneutic that you wanna have as long as Jesus Christ is your sole prophet, savior, and king. But what I was being told where I came from was not a difference of opinion with, with the church of Sunday, Sunday people. I call them Sunday people. It was slander. It was disrespect. And it was an accusation. And that's in the Beatitudes somewhere. Jesus says, blessed are you when men shall slander you. Well, our the church that I was part of was slandering people who go into a building on a Sunday, calling them Mark of the Beast. I have read the entire Bible. The Mark of the Beast is in Revelation 13, and it says nothing about the day you go into a building, whether it's Saturday 
you think it's the Sabbath or Sunday, if you think it's Lord's Day, you want to worship on Thursday or you want to worship on Tuesday corporatively, hey, if you can find a bunch of people to do that, that's form your own church, get your own pastor, write your own church constitution and preach the gospel. But most Christians go into a building on a Sunday, which they call the Lord's Day. I have a book. Um, I might read it again. It was edited by a guy named D.A. Carson. He's a scholar. Um, I've seen him on YouTube. Looks like a very nice man, very smart man. It says from Sabbath to Lord's Day. He kind of gives a biblical, historical and theological investigation about how that might have happened. I don't know if Saturday was um, the Sabbath was Saturday. I don't know if it was Sunday was the Lord's Day. It could have been Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It could have been Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a pattern, six, seven, eight, or six, seven, one. But whatever the actual days were, somehow it's translated for us now, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. These names, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it like Greek names or um, Roman names or something for the days of the week? I don't know what they were called before. Okay, I, I have no clue. Moses said Sabbath in Exodus. I have no idea what day that actually was. It's supposed to be the seventh day. I don't know what that means. Or it commemorates the seventh day when God rested on the seventh day. It doesn't say Adam and Eve rested with him. It just says God rested on the seventh day. And there was no evening or morning written there. But anyways, so the people who formed the church that I was born into made up this mark of the beast. Uh, we have to go to church on Saturday. And if you go to church on Sunday, it's the mark of the beast and you are wrong. And God is going to ding you for that. You are not obeying God and you are in big trouble in the judgment of God. Well, that's a lie. So I left. And as I read the Bible, I want to show you what else I read. First Kings 18 verses 21. First Kings 18 verses 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter? And that falter word was also halt. I saw, how long will you halt or how long will you falter between two opinions? Oh, that's interesting. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if it's Baal... Baal was supposed to be some, I don't know, agricultural God, right? A fake God, counterfeit God. There's no, we're going to say that there's no Baal, never has been a Baal. Uh, Baal is not up in the sky. He's not a sub-God. He's nothing. He's somebody's imagination. Then follow him, but the people answered him, not a word. So, so Elijah says, you guys got two gods going on. You're actually faltering. You're actually, you have, you're not progressing. You've actually, you're limping. You've stalled. You're stagnant. The church that I was born into says that they have a prophet in addition to Jesus, and that makes them more progressive. It makes them the remnant church. But according to this verse in Kings, what Elijah is saying is applicable to them. They stalled. They have divided loyalties. You don't know if they're Christian or if they're for this dead toxic lady. The dead toxic lady died like a hundred years ago, but she's still alive. How is that possible, you ask? She's, pos she's alive because she's alive in the minds of the people who have swallowed her theological poison. It's a corrupted 
gospel. When I started reading the scriptures, honestly, I started reading the Bible because, you know, I'm reading a web page. This is what the guy says. I'm believing it. But I realized, you know what? You got to read the Bible because God has given us the truth in the Bible, but he wants you to hunt for it. He wants you to fight for it. He wants you to pray about it. Lord, what does this verse mean? And what does it, what does it mean? How do I interpret it? What does it say? And what does it mean? Can it mean different things to different people? Yes. Does this verse mean different things? Or is this a verse that means what it says? Galatians 1, 6 verses 9. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. A different gospel? A different Jesus? That sounds scary, kids. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. <gasps> pervert, corrupt, destroy, annihilate. If you demean Jesus or put him as a footnote or you make him secondary, you're lowering his importance and you're lowering the ability of the Holy Spirit to transform you because you're not trusting Jesus 100% of the way. God said, this is my son, hear ye him. If you're not trusting Jesus, you're not trusting God. And if you're not trusting God, how can he give you the Holy Spirit full throttle? That is my opinion. Doesn't have to be yours. That is what I think. I don't ask you to, I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I say and pray about it and read the scripture if you would like to. I don't tell you what to do. Think about what I have said and why I have said it. Pray about it. You might not see it that way. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then you have received, let him be accursed. I was very afraid. Does it mean that that lady that started the church that I came from, was, is she cursed? She did all this work. She wrote all these books and she honestly thinks God's got a, a reward for me at the end of my life. This says she's cursed. I think it says she's cursed. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99.9% um, sure it, it's saying that. This is what I read in Matthew 7. Remember, I've read this to you before. It says here, Matthew 7, 15, because of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. I mean, this woman is not even very tall. She looks like a humble servant. She said, I'm just a humble servant serving God. But she said she had angel messengers talking to her in dreams. What angel messengers? What she said, it, what she said is not in Bible. She's writing down all her dreams and visions. They are not in Bible. They are not in the scriptures. The scripture says, do not add or take away from the Holy Bible. She is adding to the Bible. She is saying, well, these are my books and they're a supplement to the Bible. That's not how it's being perceived. People are reading her books instead of the Bible. Don't you think that's wrong? I'll let you be the judge. That's wrong. The, the people who started the church I was born into are, are not leading people. They're misleading them. Do you want to be misled by somebody? Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. I trusted, but I didn't verify. Now I'm verifying, so I can't trust them anymore. They're saying lies. 
Do not believe in a lie. Take, read the Bible for yourself. Read it objectively. Try to read the whole thing and get on your knees and say, Lord, I want to know the truth. I think somebody's not telling me the truth. You know what the truth is. Your son says, I am the truth. What is Jesus preaching? That you just get grace and that's it? Isn't Jesus preaching about other-centered relationships, loving somebody? Jesus is other-centered. Jesus' Jesus's philosophy was, I will die so that you may live. Satan is the God of this world. He's self-centered. He's full of pride. He harmed his heart. What is his philosophy? I will kill you so that I will destroy you so that I will live. It's self-preservation first. Jesus gave his life for us. He's the sacrifice. He's the Superman that stepped in front of the train that was going to destroy us. God's wrath against sin and says, I will take the brunt of that because I love you and my father wants you back. But we have to account for sin. John 7, 17. That's my wedding anniversary, by the way. I don't know how that worked out. If anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus is telling people they will know it is from God. Do you know it's from God or is it coming from somebody else? Because someone will always try to take you away from, from Jesus. That's the devil. And he may use well-meaning people to do it, but they do not know what they are doing. Second Peter 3, let me see if I can find it here. Second Peter 3:15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. 16, as also in his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which those who are untaught and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Please, my friends, I think the person who started the church I came from is twisting the scriptures and she is resting it to her own destruction. I beg you and I plead with you in the name of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, do not go down the tubes with that church. You will figure this out. I don't hate the people. I hate theology that blinds them to the love of Christ and to the grace of God. Matthew 24, Matthew 24, and it says the following here, if I can find it very quickly. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs, false prophets, people who say they're speaking for the one true God in heaven, will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. It will be such a great deception that it will deceive people and it will almost look like the very elect are going to be deceived. But you are the very elect. You cannot be deceived. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Jesus says, see, I've told you beforehand. Verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Do not be deceived by this woman. She was self-deceived. Remember the movie with Pacino? 
he was like he was like some kind of Cuban warlord, um, drug lord or something. We do not condone drugs in this podcast. It was just a movie. Just a movie. Maybe a bad movie. Something that a Christian should not use to prove a point. But he said in the movie, one of the rules for doing this is don't get involved with your own smack. In other words, do not partake of the drugs that you are selling to other people that brings them down and makes you money. Isn't that evil? When you're selling people drugs so you can bring them down, but you make money? How can you not have a, how do you not have a conscience to feel bad? Guess what happened to that character in the movie played by Al Pacino? He got involved with his own smack. He got involved with his own cocaine. The lady and her husband who started the church that I was born into got involved with their own smack. Why? They believed the lies that they taught to people. They, they deceived themselves. They were self-deceivers. Do not be deceived by their lies. If you are not sure or you think I know what I'm talking about, I'm not slandering them. They've slandered people who go to church on Sunday. That's not a difference of opinion. The mark of the beast is Sunday. That's not in the Bible, friends. I've read the entire Bible. Revelation 13 says mark of the beast, but it doesn't say what it is. God is not telling us or revealing it to us until the moment that it's upon us. He hasn't told us what that actually is. It's something to do with disobedience and something to do with control and it's something to do with Cain. Cain was given a mark on his forehead. That's like a symbol. So that would be like a symbol or a type in the Old Testament. And the mark of the beast on the forehead or on the hand is an antitype. It's the reality. But what exactly is it? Nobody knows. Do not go down with this evil church and this evil, wicked person who was toxic and believed her own smack, the smack of pride and a hardened heart. Don't do it. One more thing. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and true done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to you, verse 25, this is, this is crazy. When that guy Jesse told me, hey, Mr. Calm Christian, that's the scariest verse in the Bible. It scares me to read this. I will declare to them, I never knew you. <gasps> Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. How can, going to, how can going back to the Old Covenant be lawlessness if the Old Covenant is about law? Because Jesus said, I died to give you a new covenant. God's will was for me to surrender my life to give you a new covenant, which is the covenant of grace and love and relationships and other centered attributes in the heart that are fueled by the Holy Spirit. And this lady took people back under the old covenant galatians 3:10 it's lawlessness don't believe the hype please time is running out 
I care. I care. I want you to be Jesus-centric. I want to be too. I want to live forever with my king. I know you do too. Otherwise, you would not be listening to the voice, the uncalm voice of the calm Christian. God bless.